Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Contrast Podcast. We're talking about the ways in which Christ calls us to live differently than the world around us. I'm joined here with Pastor Dan. How you doing, Dan? So far, so good. All right. Uh, we're on Zoom. We've had a, a, just a few uh, positive cases at work. So some of us are, are, are doing some of our, our, our work at home uh, just to be safe. So we'll, uh, just like good old times in uh, March, right. April, and May. It's it was uh yeah, it's a good thing we've learned how to do this so that now we can break it out when necessary and you know still be able to have a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today, speaking of good conversations, uh, today we're gonna be talking about politics. And the title of our of our current series is uh, LBF will never be the same. And we're gonna talk about today how that relates to politics. But what's interesting about this conversation is you'll see that it's that it's pretty different. Um Dan and I have talked at times that uh in a lot of ways, uh, LBF hasn't changed its stance on how involved it is in politics um, or, 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 or the responses that we give to others when they have questions about where the church might stand politically. But what has changed possibly is um, the culture at large and maybe uh, the types of the amount of conversations that we have to have now as a church around politics. So Dan, I'd, be, I'd love to hear from you especially for some people who are newer to the church, kind of like, you know, what is LBF's stance on this? Uh, you know, historically, where did that come from? And how, how has it actually not changed in the past, you know, eight years, four years, or even two months? And why, that's, why is that significant? Yeah, uh, and I think, uh, you know, maybe starting into it, there, there can be the sense, um, there can be the sense that the question is, does the church get involved in politics at all or does the church not get involved in politics at all and um i think it's it, it's one of those things where it's very difficult to be a church or to be a believer in jesus and say i'm not going to touch politics um, i don't think that's jesus call for any of us because there's certain things um that cross over into it and the the thing that we start with as a church is we say our goal is not primarily related to worldly politics um, our goal is primarily related to spreading the message of Jesus as in his words, making disciples of all nations. And we do that, whether we're under a communist government, a socialist government, a capitalist, you know, whatever it is, you know, a Republican president, a Democrat president, that calling doesn't change. And so we start with just the foundation of saying um, what's happening politically is not at the core of what determines what we as a church are called to do. And then from there, we also recognize that there are certain things that we're going to be talking about as a church and as we look to grow as disciples of Jesus that are going to just be political, not because it's our intention to be political, but because an issue has become political. Um, like it might be a little bit like, um, I, I mean, thinking back to the civil rights era and, you know, you could you could say um, was the core goal of the civil rights movement about transportation. And you'd say, well, no, it's not about transportation. Well, then why are they getting into these bus things? Why, why is Rosa Parks not giving up her seat? You'd say, well, because transportation then crossed over into race and justice. And so it became something that they were talking about because it crossed over into the area that was their core area. So there's, there's inevitable things that we're going to talk about that are going to cross over into political issues. Um, obviously, over the last 20 years or so, marriage has become a political issue. When we're talking about sex, anything related to sex is now in the realm of politics. If we're talking about manhood, womanhood, it's in the realm of politics. 
Um, obviously, abortion for a long time has been in the realm of politics. There's probably some other stuff we could talk about. You know, sometimes if we're talking about race, it is political. Sometimes it seems not quite political. If we're talking about caring for the poor, it's political or it's not, maybe dependent on what, what you think is the role of the government there. So our goal as a church is not to say, oh, like those are political issues. We don't touch those or even, and I think this is a big mistake. I think some people have the impression that the church says, hey, we need to stay in our lane. That's, that's sort of, that's, that's too big for us. We need to stay in our lane. Um, the, the church's perspective is not that's too big for us. In many cases, it's that's too small for us. Um, we are about the kingdom of God. And sometimes we're presented with something where it's like, we, we could talk about that. We could delve into that. But we don't want anything to take away from our core calling as a church, which is making disciples of all nations. So maybe there's some measure and we're like, yeah, uh, I guess a good case could be made that this result would be better than that result. But do we really want to use our, our capital and our time and our voice to pour behind that where that is going to drown out something that we think is much more significant? Um, so in many ways, that's how we've approached it as a church. We also have approached it, and, and this is not new, as you were alluding to. We, we haven't made new policies during this time. They've just maybe been more pronounced because there's more churches being out there with things. Um, but we don't endorse or tie ourselves to a, one political party or another or to one presidential candidate or mayoral candidate or another. Um, pretty much all of us, including the two of us on this, we vote. We have political opinions. We try to be diligent to think through things. And, and sometimes there's more clarity than other times on these. Um, but part of this is just a matter of identity to say, even if and this, you know, this is a hypothetical that I don't think is true. But even if right now one political party was like the clear Christian party, like it just it aligned super well with Christian values, had godly people that were the, the torchbearers for it. Even if one political party really, really was sort of aligning with Christian concerns and values, uh, I'm thinking even then we wouldn't want to tie that into our identity because who knows what that political party is going to look like two years from now or four years ago, uh, four years from now. So we look to say, that's not our calling. That's not our goal. Individuals can kind of decide how involved they think that God wants them to be with that stuff. But um, it's not because it's too hot to handle. And it's not because we need to stay in our lane. It's because God has a bigger call for us. And we don't want that drowned out with something that's going to be passed and done within a few years and isn't going to have necessarily any eternal or long-term Christian impact. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's really good stuff. And it, and it kind of, uh, reminds us that a lot of these things are shifting, you know, a lot of biblical values uh, become political and then they aren't political, then they are again. But in the end, Dan, I think there's a lot of confusion. You know, I'm trying to picture the, the new Christian who becomes a Christian and they start listening to the Christian radio and they start following, um, I guess, just prominent Christian sure. leaders. And it's not unusual Um for them to make political statements. And, and this is not disparaging, but I remember a few months ago, you know, Greg Laurie came out uh, in favor of a, a specific presidential can candidate. And in Southern California, he has um, a lot of respect and a lot of people remember accepting Christ at, at one of his events. And so they're listening to this person and they're thinking, um, you know, that's that's what a Christian leader does. That's what a pastor does. They, they, they weigh the the parties and they pick one and they encourage us to vote that way. Um, 
what you're saying is that's not necessarily uh, always going to be the case. You know, biblical values aren't always going to line up so well with the candidate. So imagine a, a, a young, a new Christian or anyone is asking, well, damn, why is there so much, why, why do some churches seem so involved? And, you know, they might even have a political candidate come speak on Sunday morning. Uh, then there's some churches who that, that would never happen. You know, that we would never have a, a politician come and speak. You know, we want to preach the word. So uh, why do we see so many differences? And how does someone who sees so much of our culture become politicized, how do they wade through that and really determine what it is that how God wants them to respond in today's culture? Yeah, and I think it's, you know, one of our values um, as believers in Jesus is, um, but while this exact phrase isn't in the Bible, it would be the spirit of giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, Romans 13, talking about love believes all things, which obviously doesn't mean love believes that the aliens made the pyramids or like, it's, it's not like that. It is in the spirit of you err on the side of giving the benefit of the, of the doubt. And if, if, uh, if you're somewhere and you wave to somebody that you know, and they didn't wave back, you sort of, say, well, they probably didn't see me, J just that sort of thing. So I want to practice that in talking about these things, because there are times where I see people behaving in ways, and I, I think that um, it's not helpful. But, but given like the extreme benefit of the doubt, I would say, I think that a lot of Christian leaders and churches um, delve into the political realm out of a desire to say, we want to help our people. Um, this is an area of life where people are trying to figure out what to think. We think that the Bible, um, God's word, gives us some guidance on this. And so if, you know, every Marvel actor is speaking up about stuff, why in the world would the church that has God's wisdom not speak up on this stuff? Which I look at and I say, yeah, that seems like solid reasoning. Um, I think the tricky thing is just, you know, for, for an example, for us as a church, you know, every year um, we, um, we, it sounds weird to say celebrate, but we have a Sunday set aside for Sanctity of Life on Sunday, where Sanctity of Life deals with, with issues more broadly, but primarily with abortion in our country. And to say, um, we, we have no qualms about that. We make no apologies about that. We think that this is an issue where we want to have a voice for, for in this way, literally the voiceless, um, for people that aren't able to speak up for themselves. Um, so we do that every, uh, every year. And we do that and we talk through scripture on that. There are times um, where somebody could say that's a political, like you're delving into politics. I'd say it's not that we would never, I, I don't know if there would ever be something that there would be some measure on the ballot that we on Sanctity of Life Sunday would say, this is going on, pray for this, or this is how we think a pro-life person would vote. Um, but we haven't, at least since I've been here, we haven't done that. What we've done is we've talked about the fact that that this abortion issue is not just an out there issue. It, it's a, if statistics hold true, it is an issue that many professed Christians, in fact, the majority of abortions, last statistics I saw, are by people who at least self-identify as Christian, or as Catholic, mm -hmm. as Protestant, as something like that. So this is an in-house issue. Um, we, we both probably know people who are part of our church family that in the past have had abortions. There are probably people in our church family, statistics hold true, that more recently have had abortions as members of our church. We just don't know about it. So this is an issue. When I'm talking about abortion, I'm, I'm not just thinking about how do we get the law overturned. I'm thinking about how do we create a culture within our church so that we are discipling our young men and women, that if one of our young men gets his girlfriend pregnant, he's not rushing her off to the abortion clinic. 
And if one of our girls gets pregnant, that even if her boyfriend wants to rush her off to the abortion clinic, she's saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I think that there are ways even to talk about some of these things that aren't directly endorsing a candidate. Um, I think that it's permissible for Christian leaders to do it. But, and this is part of what I think you're alluding to. We, we have to, in, in the words of Jesus, we have to count the cost. Um, and for me, I think about this because I'm, I'm one of the primary communicators for our church. I think about this even at times when I'm talking about movies or sports. Um, like I'll, I'll make jokes about being a Dodger fan and I'll raz. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, fortunately this year. Um, yeah. but, but, I'll, but I even think about it sometimes where I think I want to do this in a way that if somebody can't stand the Dodgers, that they're not going to feel, and it sounds silly, even saying that you'd say, oh, that's silly. Well, it's not silly. Like right. how sad if somebody was going to have a harder time listening to me talking about Jesus because I've mouthed off and insulted their sports team, or I've said a movie was dumb that they really liked, or, I, you know, mm -hmm. those things all play into this. And so I'd say it's not wrong to endorse a political candidate, but when you do, you have to just count the cost and say, is that really what I want to lend my voice to? Um, maybe it is, but you got to recognize that there's probably a whole swarm of people that it's going to be more difficult for them to listen to you, even about non-political things. And you've got to decide, is this particular candidate I'm endorsing, is that worth it? Um, for me, the answer in 2020 is no, a resounding no. I, I'm not going to lend my voice to one of the two um, presidential candidates because I feel like neither of them are worth me squelching that and also because i think more broadly um there's space for christians to agree to disagree on the right solutions to problems that hopefully as christians we would all want to solve um we we know it is a christian imperative that we care for the poor it is a christian imperative that we treat everybody from every race uh with, with equal dignity it is a christian imperative um that that we are seeking justice um there's different approaches about how these things are put into practice. And I don't think there's always a clear Christian answer on the exact role of the government in these things to the point that we could say down the line, you vote for this and not this. So I think there can be some Romans 14 issues within this where Christian brothers and sisters are creating space to say, all right, you voted for that measure. I voted against that measure. I've heard your reasoning. You've heard my reasoning as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're allowed to agree to disagree, recognize that we all want to care for the poor. We just have different opinions about the best way we do that in Southern California and in this exact environment. And that's really powerful. It's really powerful because I think that is, is not the response that is encouraged in our culture at large and even necessarily our, our, the way we want to respond. And maybe it's our, it's our sinful nature. Uh, I was listening uh, to a podcast recently uh, and they're talking about the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping. Uh, peacekeeping is is kind of inactive. You just keep the peace. You don't speak up when when maybe you should. Uh, you you might speak up when you should have been quiet. But peacemaking is active. It reminds me of of, of what you're saying. Like um, instead of even if I strongly disagree, instead of talking bad about someone or letting it fester, you you have a dialogue and and you listen to the person. And uh, you say things in your heart as this relationship, this community of believers is more important than their political stance or, or, or who they voted for. Uh, uh, God's 
what God wants to do with this church or with my relationship or with my life group is more important that we stay together and actively work through some of these differences, agree to disagree, talk through them. But I think that there's this, and maybe, you know, part of it is, is where our culture is. Part of it maybe is just kind of the way media has turned is, is that we're kind of becoming more polarized and we're kind of villainizing people uh, who look different than us, which I think is kind of ironic is when you think about the value of globalization and, and being able to see from someone else's perspective, um, you would hope it would make us a more open society that we can see what like for someone who lives halfway across the world because they put out a daily video. Uh, but instead we've kind of uh, become more separate. And I think that you know, part of my fear when churches, and I'm glad you mentioned this about um, you know, weighing the cost of, of kind of taking a political stance is that churches are kind of lending to that. I imagine, I'm trying to imagine someone who who's going to a church um, who is going to vote for the one that the president, I mean, the, the pastor doesn't recommend right. uh, and or and or it's just unsure yet how they feel continuing to attend that church, uh, knowing they're doing something uh, that they feel is a right call for them, but goes against the, this recommendation. It doesn't leave to a place of, of feeling welcomed. And so um, what I'd love to hear from you is, is, you know, how do we as church attenders, maybe, how do we um, create that kind of peace in our, in our lives that, that we make room for disagreements or uh, we have to, or the, just the very idea of looking at different political stances and political ideologies through a biblical lens and avoid just picking a side because uh, it happens to be on the same side that we're voting uh, this this position has to be the same size as the the party that we vote. How do we make sure that that's what God would want us to do? Yeah, no, it's it's good. And the the thing you were mentioning, the the peacekeeping versus peacemaking, I think that's really valuable um, yeah. because. And even as, as a guy that doesn't like conflict, I have to consistently check myself in that. Say, am I being principled here, or am I just not wanting to get into a fight that's going to be uncomfortable for me? So I, I think part of it may be um, us us trying to be introspective and, and have the Lord search us enough to know, am I, am I somebody that's going to err on the side of peacekeeping and needs to be willing to say the hard thing? Or am I the kind of person that's constantly saying my opinion and needs to back off and, and take some things in before I speak? Um, I, I would say that there's a few things, um, you know, you, you mentioned, I, I haven't seen, cause I don't, I don't have Netflix anymore, but the whole, um, it's called the social dilemma, right? That, that movie yes. people are watching. So I haven't seen it. Um, people have told me about it. I like, I, if I had Netflix, I probably would have watched it by now. You're recommending but, it, but you haven't seen it. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying um, I'm recommending what I understand to be the point of it. And to right. me, when people were explaining to me what the point of it was, I was like, how does everybody not know this? Um, right. How does everybody not know that, that social media is, is doing this to us and polarizing us because Man, I mean, it's, it's happened to me recently. There's been a couple people I've discovered on YouTube, watched a couple of videos. My whole feed is transformed. And yep. I have personally had the experience of, um, of even with politically, watching a video with somebody that's pretty mainstream. And then from there, it recommending a video of somebody that's like mainstream, but more harsh. And then from uh -huh. there, you get more and more to the edge. This is what happens. We just, we need to be aware of the idea that um, we are, you know, as they say, if you, if you don't know what the product is, you are the product, or if you're not paying for the product, you're the product. 
We are the product with social media. So I think number one, we've got to recognize that polarization is happening. Um, number two, and this is related to the, the, the globalization thing also, we all seem to have this impression that we know a lot about stuff and that everybody is just waiting for us to give our take on things. Right. Very few of us are that important to other people. Um, it's like the people are waiting. I must come out and endorse this person. Um, we're supposed to weigh into something after we've, we've, we've seen one headline or, or seen one um, you know, meme about things. Um, you know, it is okay for us not to talk about things that we know nothing about. And most of us know nothing about most things, a little bit about a bunch of other things, and then a lot about maybe like three things. So it's okay for us just to say, I don't know. And I think that this delves over in the political thing to say, um, you know, I, I'm obviously very, very pro-life. Um, and I know that there's a lot of Christians that just equate the idea of, of being pro-life and say, I, just, I can't understand how somebody would vote for a Democrat if they're pro-life. And to me, I'd say that's, that's a legitimate question to ask. And my encouragement to them sure. is ask that question. And ask it in good faith. Don't ask it in an accusing way. Ask somebody that you either know votes differently than you um, why they voted for that person. If, if there's a person that just like I've heard on the other side that say, there's, I, I can't understand how any Christian could in good conscience vote for Trump. Um, I'd say, all right, legitimate question. Ask that question and ask it in good faith and ask with an open heart to, with, with the idea that there are things that you are not seeing that there's reasoning here that you might not get. And the point is not that you're supposed to be convinced and change your mind, but just to look at it and say, maybe this is murkier than I thought it would be before. Um, that's how life is in many issues. You could have parents talking about things and you could have, you know, the homeschool, public school, private school. I mean, now we're all homeschooled, you know, but yeah. to some degree, but, but you can have that discussion and God willing, you could have parents of private school, public school and homeschool talk to each other and say, all right, you, you haven't convinced me to change, but man, I get it now. Uh, I used to think that you were neglecting your kids if you sent them to public school. I used to think that you were cloistering your kids if, if you did homeschool, but now I get it. I think that there are many issues that we can do that with. And we as Christians, our, our identity is grounded in Jesus. And mm -hmm. if you're looking at a brother and sister in Christ and saying, I really believe their identity is grounded in Jesus, I don't get this. Um, it's possible that through the conversation, you'll end up bringing a blind spot for them that needed to be exposed. And that would be great. And it's also very possible that in the discussion, you'll say, I, I, I can understand that. I can see where they're coming from. And I don't agree. I wouldn't vote that way. But man, this is a brother in Christ. We're all pulling in the same direction. We're all trying to get the same thing accomplished here. And let's focus on that. Um, so I, I, I think we need to have a greater level of openness. But then the other side of it, of course, is we need to be willing to um, we need to be willing to endure scorn for Jesus, hmm. um, and and this is where I think, man, uh, that there's such a pull in the world right now. Um, and I'd say, like, if I'm going to speak very, very generally, I think a lot of the pull of um, of the the more conservative side of politics and sort of marrying that to Christianity um, is is for many a pull of familiarity there's a pull of safety. And it, even as I'm saying this, I'm not saying that that means that a Christian can't be conservative. I'm just saying those are the kinds of things that I think help that feel very, very appealing. What I'd say on the progressive side is a lot of the appeal to the progressive side is 
you don't have to have the scorn of the world against you. You get to have the approval of the world with you. And that is intoxicating. And as Christians, we should be the sorts of people that are, are on a regular basis befuddling and offending both people from both political parties in, in the same way. Jesus that, was all about that. Jesus was. I mean, the Romans and the Jews conspired. To, Romans and the Jews did not agree on a lot, but they both worked together to crucify Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees both couldn't figure out what to make of Jesus. And they conspired together, even though they were the conservatives and liberals of their time. Do you think it doesn't mean that the parties are equally good or equally bad, but it just means for heaven's sake, there should be times we, we as Christians should be more free than anyone to be able to speak the truth about human beings and political parties and critique them from the standpoint of King Jesus and the word that he's given us um, to the point that we, we don't feel beholden to one group or another. We don't feel like we need to turn a blind eye to one group or another. I think, um, I mentioned this earlier, just when we were getting ready for this, that there's always going to be people that are, that are going to critique Christians. Um, let's, let's do our best to be critiqued for really standing with Jesus rather than being critiqued because we call out sin when it's on that side, but we ignore sin, the same sin when it's on that side. Um, that's the kind of critique that brings shame to Jesus. Um, there's other critiques that bring glory to Jesus because we're willing to be on the outside and we're willing to be looked down upon because we care more about what Jesus thinks than we do about what other human beings around us think. Well, I've got uh, one thought and then I've got a final question for you. Um, I loved what you, when you talked a lot about um, just being really aware of uh, what the media is doing to the way that we think. And, you know, what's really near and dear to my heart is really understanding that our job as Christians, when it comes to engaging uh, in digital media, is not to share the right meme or the right article, but it's to use it thoughtfully and with scripture as our filter. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that, that thinks like this, but I feel like the last thing I should do as a Christian is share an article with someone that simply is untrue, right? Like, like this political person said this statement in 2006 when it actually was, it was a rumor or, you know, and, sure. and because that not only does that do damage to maybe the person, but I think it does damage to our witness. Um, it makes the situation like the social dilemma just worse. We're doing exactly what the algorithm wants us to do is just share things that are similar to us. And what I've seen, it kind of leads into my question is what I've seen is, is the danger with being so, um, uh, you know, I don't want to critique, but so unthoughtful with the way that we use it and unconcerned with whether or not this thing uh, has any um, objective or subjective truth is, is that we're kind of painting this picture to the world at large is that um, we're only willing to share and talk about the things when they match exactly the way that we think. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we've both been recipients of of articles from friends and family, from certain news sites that that really have um, on both sides of the spectrum, just a, a, a history of just sharing things and not checking into them. And I just um, have a lot of concern, uh, not only what, what does that do with the, the way that we engage with the world, but what does that do um, with our own witness? And you know, my, my question for you as we end, um, what do you think, you know, 
for years as a church, we've talked about things like post-evangelicalism and a post-Christian America. Uh, my perspective is, is maybe times like this uh, actually accelerates that uh, when we see people hold on to those things even tighter and retreat even more to maybe their ideology. Um, do you think that, one, that, that isn't necessarily something to lament necessarily. Uh, God is going to do what God wants to do. But uh, as we end this conversation on, on politics and the church, uh, what is at stake when um, we enter into this world unthoughtfully and on only really side with uh, whatever media platform that agrees with our political statement, as opposed to using scripture as a way that we engage in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, maybe may we should, we, we should do another one. That's just kind of <laughs> about that question that uh, I'll, so I'll try to be brief on some thoughts. Um, I, I would say number one, um, if you're on social media, um, have a purpose for everything that you say. Um, the purpose can be to be funny. The purpose can be that you want people to see a positive family mom moment that you have. Um, your purpose can be, you know, it, it can be like, that's fine. Um, man, there are people that, you know, have shared different things, like you've said, and I've, I message them personally, because I usually don't get involved in the comments thing. I've just said, you know, like, do you, do you know that this is untrue, or that's unhelpful? And sometimes the response has been, oh, like this just, I just came across this. I just thought that's so bizarre. You came across this thing. You didn't take any chance to look into it. And you just thought, well, I came across it. I'm going to share it um, right. to speak as clearly as I can. Stop doing that. That mm -hmm. is not helpful to anyone. Like take some responsibility for the content that you are helping to put out. Don't mm -hmm. do that. Do less and not more if you find yourself um, in that position of doing that. And I, I'd say as you have a purpose in sharing things, um, man, there are so many things that are out there and the interaction that they get is that, um, you know, you share some meme or you share some turn of phrase or some article. Um, every person who already agreed with you on it gives you a attaboy and everybody who disagrees either ignores it or gives you filthy comments. Um, you're not helping anybody by doing that. And so think about what will actually be helpful. And a lot of times the things that we post, um, if if you are in a circle that is largely conservative, you have to consider, are there things that I can do to actually be helpful to people in this circle? And if you're in a circle that's largely liberal or progressive to think, well, what can I actually do to be helpful to the people in this situation? Um, on the broader thing that you alluded to, I would just say, um, you know, cultural Christianity in the US has been on the decline. Um, there are bad things, in my opinion, there are bad things and good things about that. Um, the bad thing about it is that there are certain common grace things that come along with being culturally Christian that, that are generally good. The idea of marriage over divorce is generally good, you know, things like that. Um, the, the benefit of cultural Christianity going by the wayside is that those of us who are really devoted to Jesus, we, we get to stand out more and people get to really understand what's at stake and that there isn't just this message of, family values and apple pie, but that this really is a question about the Lordship of Jesus. Um, to speak as, as plainly as I can, I think that there are certain churches now that are making cultural Christianity great again. Um, mm. That the result of what they are doing, whatever their motives, is that they are bringing people that their only, associating with, uh, only association with Christianity is sort of like, it's good old USA, sort of 
salt to the earth sort of thing. Um, and they felt like, good, this is the church for me, where they're going to be more affirmed in their instincts that the culture is going to hell in a handbasket, um, rather than being confronted with the Lordship of Christ. And so I, I'd say even for us, um, like that's, that's not how our church is headed, but even for members of our church, you could end up being in a position where the podcasts you're listening to, the videos you're watching, the stuff you're reading um, is stuff that really is just making cultural Christianity great again. And I would say, beware of that. That has an appeal um, that that is not going to bear good fruit in your life. What's going to bear good fruit in your life is looking at it and saying, we're in a position where we're going to be more strangers than ever in the U.S., where we're going to be more pilgrims than ever, where we're going to stand out, where we're going to wear the reproach of Christ, and where people are going to see us and say, following Jesus must be worth it to them because it's not really getting them ahead. Um, so there, there, there's my, for whatever, there's my final word on that. Dan, it's just uh, so much for us to think about, you know, and, and my prayer for this is that um, people can listen to this uh, without the, wondering what side that we take without saying that we're trying to make any other statement other than, uh, you know, let Christ be uh, your guiding light in your life and, and let him uh, filter the way that you see the world. And I say that because uh, a lot of times when we, I've tried my best to make statements like that, the immediately question, the statement someone says is, you know, what, what news source are you listening to or where did you hear that? Um, I hope people hear that our heart is uh, just wanting to be centered on, on Christ. So thank you uh, just for sharing your words. Uh, if you're listening to this or watching this, um, you've probably had thoughts about this. You've probably experienced this. Um, we welcome questions and comments, even disagreements, uh, just because we want to dialogue and it's okay for us to disagree uh, on things, but we'd like to uh, be, uh, to make peace and, uh, and to hear from one another. Uh, so please uh, just leave a comment and, and let us know um, how you've worked through some of these things in your own life and uh, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.